You're listening to the Movie Crew Podcast. And tonight, we're going to be talking about Jordan Peele's Us. You, no trouble. Me, Fifth Element. Supreme Being. You will be a weapon. You will be a minister of death, praying for war. But until that day, you are cute. Sound off like you got a pair. Intro, good intro. Yeah. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's nice to be here. <laughs> We're your host. I'm Brian Elkins. In front of me, Mr. Jeremy Benson. Hi. Hey, Benson. And Mr. Jared Callen. How you doing, Brian? It's nice to be here. Yeah, dude, you need a uh, like a cough drop or a throat lozenger or this something fat, like that. This fat dude with a beard showed up and started choking the shit out of me. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Brian, how's it going? Oh, it's going good, man. We're here talking Jordan Peele, writer-director Jordan Peele. Writer-director-producer Jordan Peele. Oh, that's right, and producer. Man, yeah, gosh, man. got so many fucking titles. <laughs> He's like, we'll get all of them, man. <laughs> Trifecta. Yeah. Uh, go ahead and put out a uh, spoiler warning right now. Yeah, we're ruining the fuck out of this movie today. Yeah, because, I, I, you know... I, they all die. Yeah, we have... <laughs> you do that every episode. I know. <laughs> Yeah, John dies at the end, by the way. Oh. Kevin Spacey was dead the whole time, right? No. <laughs> I still haven't seen that movie, John Dies at the End. Have you seen that yet? Nah. Yeah. I heard the book was better. I didn't even know it was based on a book. Yeah. Oh, look at this. Learning something new every day. Podcast done. All yep. Right. All right, we're done. Peace. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's been real. So, okay, spoiler warning out of the way. Um, also, too, like, I really want to know, like, anybody that has crazy ideas or, you know, if we missed anything in this episode definitely write us an email oh yeah please because this movie is crew one at gmail.com extra e. <laughs> fucking that extra e. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get t-shirts made at some point that say extra e I'd wear an extra e t-shirt <laughs> yeah and then like you must be really fat <laughs> <laughs> triple e <laughs> wait what, what does that no, we're, we're, we're double e we wear double e oh my goodness <clears throat> e for everyone yeah, hot coffee. Hot coffee at 10.30 at night, baby. We don't sleep at the Movie Crew Podcast. We just do these. You know, like we're always having these conversations. We just record every other one. <laughs> well, yeah, that's We never true. leave yeah. the podcast house. 
It's kind of how, how it started. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. In between cutting, always go to say goodbye and then Start goodbye <laughs> talks into, it turns into a movie talk that lasts yeah. like, you know, 40 minutes. Hey, what did you think this meant? I don't know. I thought it meant this. Oh, okay. I didn't think that. Yeah. I really wanted to name it Two Dudes Talking About Movies because we'd be doing it anyway. <laughs> it's a long title. It rolls off the tongue if you're, you know, you like to roll in your R's. I think that's actually, if you go to the iTunes description, it says because they'd be doing it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, that is our whatever. That that little our part is in there. Or whatever that's called. So it made it, kind of. Sort of. Yeah. Synopsis thing. In a way. Yeah. And when you guys go to check to read that and see what we're talking about, go ahead and drop us a five-star review. <laughs> Getting that in early. We'd appreciate it. <laughs> all right, now that we got all that out. Uh, sorry. Guys, us. We saw this on the IMAX. We did. In glorious 4K, right? Is, is IMAX 4K? Uh, not that IMAX. Man. That's why the... Uh, what am I looking at? The... 720 blown up? What's happening? <laughs> I think it's 2K. Okay. Yeah, that's what I think it is. It looks good for like that big being 2K. Uh, it does until you see the, the text scroll at the end. And it kind of gives it away. You can see like on the S's, you can see the blockiness. And... Yeah. Yeah. It looks okay, though. Get with it, Memphis. Hey, man, the sound lo- is... Spectacular! Oh, dude, the sound was like rattling in my chair, you know, especially toward the end when it started getting crazy. Like, I could totally feel the whole fucking theater, uh, you know, vibrating. I think that was the guy behind you kicking your chair. <laughs> he was like shaking. <gasps> Come back here! You know. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, you really felt like those uh, those violin hits in the score. Oh, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, the IMAX sound. If you have a chance to see it in the IMAX, I would recommend it. But what'd you guys think about this movie? This movie is extremely well made. It's very, very, very pretty. They're not scared of shadows, which is kind of cool. Like they're they're really into letting things go into the dark. And uh, the score is really awesome. Oh yeah, uh, the, the score the, is acting's dope. over the fucking top and, and, and amazing. Yeah, uh, it's it's a weird little weird little horror movie, man. I, I, it's it's good. It's totally watchable. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally watchable. Yeah, totally watchable, man. There's a lot of movies that we do that aren't watchable. <laughs> but uh this one's completely watchable yeah this one is entertaining i even thought it was i thought it was more entertaining even than uh, get out i agree it's yeah. it's it's a little more accessible i'd say it's a little more made for a larger audience wouldn't you say i don't know if it's made for a large larger audience well the audience showed up anyways <laughs> damn straight they did <laughs> like oh we're gonna be behind this movie yeah second highest uh grossing opening weekend for a original live action film. And what was the other one? What's the what's the top? Avatar. Avatar. Wow. Which I don't know. Can you really classify that as live action? I mean, it's like part live action, right? Well, it's just it's just as much live action as this new um, Lion King movie that they're saying is live action. What? How is that even? It's not even like all CG. I know. Best animated movie. Somewhat realistic looking. <laughs> so live King. action is now de- defined like. If people do voiceovers. <laughs> hey, it looks real. It's like almost photo real, man. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah, it's kind of. Yeah, right? As long as they're bringing back James Old Jones, I don't really care. Are they? Yep. Mufasa. <laughs> you don't like that. You, you curled your mouth up to that. Yeah, I don't know. I you don't, don't like Darth Vader coming back? Well, I mean, if you're going to get the same guy doing the same exact thing, it's like, well, why the fuck are we doing? Remember because this diamond looks live. Yeah. 
And this time you get to get, have him going, Hakuna Matata. <laughs> what a wonderful uh, day. Well, well, it's, it's our problem-free philosophy. Ah, did not think Lion King was going to come up tonight. Well, you know, <laughs> well, you know, there, there's, there's, there's the, there's the standard line. And then Mufasa runs into a copy of himself, which is like the dark line. And then that's how it all kind of like, they, they find out this whole other pack of lions that live on, in the upside down, kind of like in stranger things. And then, the tethered, uh, the, the, well, you know, I'm just referencing stranger things. And then, so all those other lions are trying to like join paws across the world and like, you know. <laughs> And take over everybody while wearing, you know, really snazzy red leisure suits. And, uh, yeah, it's really cool. I don't think that's what The Lion King's going to be like at all. It would be interesting if it was. It's a movie you could talk about. Yeah, that's true. But, you know, The Lion King went in directions I really didn't see. I just really, they just updated it for a new generation. I didn't see the directions this movie took. Um, us, like, just... Oh, no, it, it, it came out of left field. Yeah. Yeah. I thought they did a really good job marketing. Like, you just got that initial premise of the do- doppelganger. Yeah, you know, it's like, yeah, your shadow's chasing you. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was great once you revealed it was happening all over the United States. I thought that was cool. It definitely opened it up. It made, made the movie feel a lot bigger, you know? It, and you really see that when it goes to the second family. It did take me out of it. It took me year. out of it. Yeah. Like, whoa, what the fuck? Yeah, it just kind of, it, it throws you into like, oh, wait, is this, did I just step into a zombie movie here? What's going on? Oh, yeah, because those girls, those young, like, uh, the, the twin girls from the other family. Oh, they, they yeah, they're they totally, funny. they're totally zombie walking, you know, you know. They got a great stab, though. And they did do cartwheels, didn't they? Oh, that's right. Yeah, they're cartwheeling <laughs> through the house. <laughs> Gymnastic zombies? Yeah. You know, well, the other other uh, zombie was a runner zombie. Yeah, they did all have kind of like their little their own little sports themes going on there. Yeah. Well, you know, I guess they were echoing because they said the other girl was a runner too. So yeah, tethered. Yeah, they're tethered. They're connected, man. I don't know what to say about this movie, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> man, I'm, I'm waiting to hear what you got to say, and then I'm going to pontificate upon that. All right, <sighs> like for us here. For me, I was way more interested in the movie at the beginning, and then when it did the shift to this is happening everywhere, it, it almost moved into Cabin in the Woods territory. Not quite, but... No, it didn't get that ridiculous. Almost. Yeah. It almost became a parody of itself at that point. For me, not anyone else, probably. What do you mean a parody? Because it, at first you're you're being told this story that's very personal with her and the family, and it's their doppelgangers. You don't know what the other people are, but there's that mystery. And I didn't I mean at that point I didn't really care. I was like, this is a cool idea. This, but when it got bigger, I don't know. It just felt I don't know. It felt a little bit more. I don't want to say cheesy because it wasn't cheesy, but. It does take a Twilight Zone feel. It does feel like Twilight Zone. Yeah, it just feels like a Twilight Zone episode. It starts like a slasher and then kind of goes into Twilight Zone. It leans that way. I don't know if that's because he's doing Twilight Zone now. Because even his Weird City series for YouTube kind of feels like Twilight Zone. I was was reading some... No, I was listening to a BBC interview with him and he he said there was an episode of the Twilight Zone. I'm trying to look up the title. Mirror Image was the name of the episode that inspired him. Oh really? Yeah, it was like I've a woman that. like waiting at a bus stop, and she I, sees. I think like, I've seen that. Yeah, I have not seen it. I couldn't remember that one, but hmm. 
So yeah, I, I mean that's where he's pulling it from. Well, that makes sense then. Yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of I kind of liked it, and I like I liked the. Uh, <clears throat> I like. Well, I mean, I like the movie. I think it's a really like I said, it's a really solid movie. It's really well made, just like Get Out. I mean, it, it's made really well. Uh, it's 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 compelling, and and there's some interesting stuff that you've never seen before. It's you know, wow, he's just he's just he's a good filmmaker. He does good stuff. I don't really get the hands across America thing. Why? Why do they want to do that? Like, what? What does that do for them to make the? That's their demonstration to let the world know that they're there, that they exist. Yeah, that's what I got out of it. Now, yeah. what that saying in the movie? I mean, that's really loaded. I mean, are you saying that hands across America is a, a pointless, empty gesture? <laughs> you know, is is it? Well, apparently, that never actually. It didn't happen. Like, there were some strings of people doing it, but it didn't, like, you know, connect. Connect all the way. Yeah, I, I yeah. wouldn't think it would. Like, what, what are you going to do in the Rockies? Across the desert. You're going to tap yeah. the Rockies. Coors <laughs> Light, motherfucker. Coors Light. Just parachute <laughs> people in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're drinking the banquet, baby. Where's my six-pack, baby? Ooh. <laughs> Smoking the bandit roll up. They got a whole truckload. And they just like airlift in some uh, <laughs> some of those blow up rafts, and they'll float down like Indiana Jones and right. Temple of Doom. But I do like where they show them they're like like they're bridging like these gaps of this like little these little peninsulas and in, in, in the water, and some people are like up to their neck in the water, and then they kind of come. You know out. the the end yeah, shot at the where beach. it's yeah. going across, and like you see them across the hills, and yeah. you see the helicopters. I totally thought, oh, the helicopters are about to open fire. I thought that too. These I thought that too. I thought they were just about to start just waylaying them. Oh, I thought those are newscopters. Yeah, look what they had camera. I'm sure they are. In front of them. Just, yeah. The joke in my brain was like, well, was there like, goes your demonstration. Yeah, dude, I was totally waiting for it to start, like, uh, you know, just opening fire. That's what happened when it cut to black. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I, I like this maybe a little bit more than Get I don't know if I. I haven't seen Get Out, so. But the thing is, is that. Get Out is, with its symbolism, is very, and its metaphor, it's very on the nose. It's it's real easy to define, and the the movie's very simple. It's it's a story we've we've seen before. It's kind of like Step for Wives. Right, yeah. So when you switch the metaphor from, like, in Step for Wives, it was, it was more of a gender thing, and you turn it into race, it's, it's easier to digest. Right. This... Man, I'm not even 100% sure what everything means in the movie. Well, obviously the tethered people are the underclass and the upper people are the upper class. Are they and... are they the uh, uh is it a class thing or is it is it a yeah, That's what I saw. That's why it, they constantly cons- are talking about the car making him jealous, the money, the neighbor the richer neighbors are a little bit more oblivious than the could be a conservative versus liberal. I didn't see that the, at the, all. The tethered yeah, or the really left behind that. generation. I didn't see that at all. I saw it more as a you class. Know how the Trump supporters always they always felt like you always hear on the news where they'd have things like, "Oh, we felt like you know America, we felt left behind during the elections." Yeah, I don't, I don't politics either. Um. <laughs> I saw it more as the upper class <laughs> exists without ever thinking about the underclasses. There, there's a lot of stuff with privilege. And entitlement. And that goes back to the classes. Well, and race as well. I mean, I don't, you know what I mean? It's just, it's so, like, you can read so many different things into, like, who are the tethered supposed to represent. And I don't think it's an accident that the movie's called Us. It's or, not called Them. Or U.S. Yes, exactly. 
I, you know, there's a yeah. lot of mirror imagery in the movie. And they keep bringing up Eleven, you know, one and one. Oh, there's a lot you know, of... A lot of that, you know. Yeah. Together, you know, one and one. And I meant to look it up again, but apparently, like, the, the daughter, <clears throat> the the track the track daughter, you know, the, the older girl, she's got a hoodie on that has, like, an Asian word on it that means bunny. See, that was one thing. I was... I When we walked out of the theater, the rabbits... That, like, I was searching for, I was like, why did he choose rabbits? Because people fuck like rabbits, man. Oh, I'm, okay, I understand, like, you know, the rabbits got to breed and they're eating them for food. I just assume there's, they're obviously doing some sort of cloning experiment. So they first did it on rabbits, which then multiplied. And then once they cloned the humans, the humans started eating the rabbits. So and every the metaphor being... You go down the rabbit hole. Yeah, it's when you texted me that. It was like, oh, fucking Alice in Wonderland. I'm a fucking moron. Yeah. And then when I went back and watched the movie, it is a white rabbit in the front. Yeah, it's first and you see. He's kind of falling. Her toy yeah. that uh, read the evil doppelganger for Lapita Yuyango or Nyango, whatever her last name is. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing it. When she cuts off the little head of the toy, it's a white bunny. Yeah, you're right. Okay. And the ambulance um, they put in the door <clears throat> is how they escape. At the end. Yeah. Like, everything's a callback. Explain to me how the world works. So every time a baby's born in in the world somewhere, they take the DNA and create in another one. Santa and... Cruz. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The way it's explained in the movie is that scientists were creating clones. Okay. And... They were creating a clone for every person in the United States. Why? And, well, to control us, to make puppets of the people up top. But something went wrong in the experiment, and... Which is called out at the beginning when the girl goes, they put fluoride in the water to do mind control. Yeah, there is. Yeah, she's in that story. Yeah, where she's looking up her... <laughs> and her Nobody phone cares the about the end of the world. Yeah. I can get I can get along with some like suspension of disbelief stuff where you know okay cool we're we're tethered together and what and what what I do if I'm if I went and ate seven uh, tacos at Taco Bell and then I have a huge shit later where my stomach's like wrenching real bad my tethered person is down there wrenching as well I've got a friend in the fight I get that okay but so let's say that he and I switch places which is what happens in this movie yeah how did the tether the switch. The tether switch to where she's now being controlled by uh, her shadow well, who's in the real world. Well, they, they kind of answer that in the movie when she's at the very end of the, the movie. Uh, what is it? Adeline? Is that the main character's name? Um, she has that that weird – that well, it's not weird, but it's a flashback for her childhood. The therapist that her parents are seeing says something like, you know, you need to get her involved in the arts, dancing, music, and all this other stuff. I, I, I don't know. I was interpreting that as when she was learning all this different art stuff, it's, that's when the tether switched. The non-tethered girl, right, who is locked. She's locked up. She's handcuffed. I don't know how she gets out. That's never explained in the movie. But when well, they do the flashbacks. She's got some years to figure it out. To the dance. I mean, she's not handcuffed then. No, man. She's rocking it. And that's when the tethered are supposedly realized that she's special. And that's when they, I guess... Decide to follow her into an uprising to kill the world. Yeah, their shadow selves up top. See, I think there's a lot of stuff about the aspects of the tethered that you just sort of have to go, okay. Like, Jordan Peele definitely 
is more interested in symbolism over explanation plot and like even production design. Like he, he wants his production design to fit symbolically, not realistically. Like where the tethered live, they live in this beautiful just, compound kind yeah, of thing. But they're white, like sparkling clean. If you had these people and they were shadows of the people upstairs, they would be shitting on the floor because there's no commodes out in the hallway. And we see these people walking in the hallways, right? Yeah. So if you took a dump there, you'd think there'd be shit on the floor. And if these people have been left down there for hundreds of years... Just eating rabbits and pooping out rabbits. Yeah. Think about all the crap that would be down there. All the rabbit bones and... <laughs> and but that's not how the set looks. It's no. pristine and white. And that's a choice. I didn't really understand it. I didn't know if they cleaned that area up before they went. Because also in the, uh, the same room, there's a classroom where both the, the Red and uh, Adeline confront each other. Yeah. And the classroom... It's got handprints all over the walls. It's got bloody handprints. Bloody, bloody handprints from all the rabbits and stuff they've been eating. So I guess, like, did they, like, clean the entire area and then do some kind of ha- bloody handprint ritual or rite know. of passage? I'm just curious on why the why Red waited in Santa Cruz for Addie to come back when she was tethered to her. Shouldn't she have gone... To whatever city Addie lived in, or do they get trapped there? They can't. They can't leave your. Yeah, I don't. I don't. You know, I don't know how that really works, man. That's what I'm saying. I think there's a lot of stuff that he's like, just let it be. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think he cares about his symbolism more. Just like there's an escalator that goes down there, like a really cool escalator that only goes down and is like lit. And this shows and how dumb Addie is. Like, <laughs> there's no escalator going up though. I can't get up because the escalator only goes down. Just climb. Sometimes you got to fight. I was trying to find meaning in that too. It's like, why is it an escalator? Because it's going to carry you down whether you want it to or not. And that also made it kind of like, that doesn't seem like they'd be down there for generations. Because like when were escalators invented? The 50s? Yeah. 60s? Well, they couldn't have been down there that long. They had to be down there longer than that. She said generations. It's got to at least be like... 60 years. Generations, what, 40 years? Uh, That's like 30. Right? Or is it 20? Don't ask me. Yeah, something like that. 20 or 30. A biblical generation is 40. But I don't know what we call a generation now. I think a generation is 20. It's it's 20, I think. Aren't we generation Y? X. Generation meme. I don't know. I'm like, it it depends on who you talk to. It's when a generation, you know, when they do the year cutoff. I'm Gen X. You're Gen X? I was born in that weird time where, like, I grew up and there were no computers. But then when I was a teenager, I was like, oh, computers are everywhere. Right. This is awesome. What's the internet? Ooh, porn. <laughs> Look at that postage stamp naked woman. Ooh, oh, yeah. Wait. Uh, yeah, I remember waiting hours for a JPEG of <laughs> Tiffany Amber Thiessen to download. And they would download and scan, so it would like go from the top or bottom, and it would just like scan up, and then it would hang mm-hmm. just right below the titties or above the titties, and you can't see them, you know. And you get all these like it's half gray photos, and then your mom comes in, and you're like, "What are you looking at? No, nothing, nothing. Close, <laughs> close, close. Don't make this awkward computer." And you're just going, "I don't know." The computer just started doing this. I'm My mom's sure. like, "I was going to eat that peanut butter." I'm like, "Sorry, mom. Oh, next time, can you get crunchy?" Ooh. <laughs> no. If you had a dog, you'd understand. 
<laughs> what? Us. That's what we're talking about. Oh, man. <laughs> Woo. Yeah. Symbolism. You're going to have to explain that one later. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just like this movie, Benson, sometimes. You don't have to explain. Just let it go. Yeah. Just let it hang. <laughs> Alright, I'm done uh, Are we at trailer time, I think guys? we are, boys I think we are Alright, guys So this is the trailer for Jordan Peele's Us We'll be back Okay That's a classic right there Messing with that It's about drugs. It's not about drugs. It's a dope song. Don't do drugs. Get in rhythm. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Can't believe how big Dave got. You hear Gabe got a boat? <laughs> He's kidding, right? He's not kidding. Hey, I think it's vodka clock. Oh, yeah. Where's Jason? Jason? Jason! Where were you? I didn't know if you were lost. Stick with me and I'll keep you safe. There's a family in our driveway. It's probably the neighbors. But y'all scared of a family? Uh, can I help you? Zora, put your shoes on. If you want to get crazy, we can get crazy. What are you people? It's us. They look exactly like us. They think like us. They know where we are. We need to move and keep moving. They won't stop until they kill us. Or we kill them. We're back. That was a trailer for us. Good trailer. That was a great trailer. Man, I tell you what, that trailer just really highlights Michael Abel's amazing fucking score, dude. And the amazing cinematography. This movie is gorgeous. Oh, yeah. Same, uh, same t- cinematographer from uh, Glass and Split. We talked about both those this year yeah. already. So also shot It Follows as well. That Mike Gulaski or... I, I ain't seen it, but, but Benson told me it was great. It's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you've definitely seen Split and Glass. Yeah, totally. This one looks better than Glass. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it looks a lot better than Glass. Probably had a bigger budget than Glass. No, I think it's about the same. They're both reported, like, uh, $20 million. Wow. Well, this one's amazingly looking. Yeah. Like, mm. 
I like that split diopter shot. Oh yeah, is that real? Uh, no, it's it kind of tight be because it's the same actress. Okay, it's Lapita Nyong'o, <laughs> and she's you know, so it, it's got to be a, a fake one. Well, I thought they got every. I thought every actor who played in this movie, they actually got a twin for them. Like it was all the, it was all twins. The actual twins were real twins. Really? Yeah, the sisters in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't it be amazing if they actually got all twins to do this? Well, I was thinking. I was like, did they get one actress to play four parts for that? <laughs> I mean, it. You know, I mean, ILM worked on this. I mean, the yeah, they did a good job. They did a great job, and we know how hard getting the same actress in one shot can be. <laughs> yeah, and they got interaction. Oh yeah, especially uh, scene with the 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 two dads. Oh, I guess the dad in his tethered version. Oh, the boat scene. Yeah, I like that a lot, man. When they're interacting, actually, everything that kind of happens between them, I like. I like how he gets the bat stolen from him at the door. <laughs> yeah, he's he's totally not paying attention, you know, and he's like looking through, and the bat it just disappears, and he's like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> it's so badass. That's that's a good laugh in that moment, you know. The oh, dad's the dad's great. Yeah. yeah, Winston Duke. He is. Yeah, he's really good. Some people like uh, have uh, I've heard them say that he's the weakest link, he's the worst actor. But no, man, he's playing he's playing a character, and he's like really like nailing a character. No, I, I think everybody is fantastic in this movie. Yeah, really great acting all the way around. Yeah, Jordan Peele like worked really good with his actors. I mean, like even Elizabeth uh, Moss when she's like putting the makeup on and she's going crazy. She just starts looking at herself, and then she starts smiling. Yeah, yeah, dude. She grabs the scissors and starts cutting her face. See, I love that, and actually, Ooh. I like that when she cuts her face, and then the camera, and she turns away, and the camera like kind of pans to uh, camera right. Uh, you can see a scar from where she had done that before, so it shows that she. Oh, I missed does, that. It, yeah, it's just over her like left ear. Uh, there's another. There's a scar there. It's like kind of like this is something that she does. She cuts herself. Oh man, with these creepy scissors. Yeah, the, the, the dark, golden scissors. Yeah, like, you know, fabric shears. Because <laughs> yeah, that's what you do, you know. Well, I, the, I, Put lipstick on and cut your face off. Yeah, I have, I have, a, I have a theory that they're all seamstresses. They're, they are all tailors down, you know, because they all... Because where else are they getting all of these outfits? Well, so let's say I go buy uh, a nice tutu to dance around my house in, and then, uh, you know, so my tether person has to go fabricate with their pretty golden scissors they can kill a rabbit yeah and then then, you know they figured out how to make all these different fabrics out of rabbit rabbit fur and you know and they die well that's rabbit blood and uh you know so obviously (laughs) well (laughs) rabbit leather skin gloves yeah yeah. oh you found out why that is though right where that comes from the thriller shirt thriller shirt yeah yeah that makes sense because michael jackson is wearing like a, a red, red jumpsuit. Yeah, what, red, it was a red leather. Is it called a jumpsuit? No, in Thriller, he's wearing he's wearing a red leather jacket. Oh, that's right. And then he's got and but of course he, he's also got the one glove. I thought on. he had red pants on too. Does he? Man, I don't know. It's been a while since I've seen I remember. That I definitely video. remember the the red leather jacket though. I just remember Vincent Price. No, that's not all I remember. Those zombies, zombie Mike. That's interesting too. That you would even throw like Michael Jackson. Uh, reference, especially like with what's going on with him currently, yeah, man. man, in the documentary. And... You know, it, you you could be a really shitty person and still make something really cool, and I think you can, I think you can enjoy that, but not be celebrating the the badness of them. I would say, yeah, yeah. 
Well, it's I mean, not an interview. Like, like Roman Polanski, right, Brian? <laughs> well, okay, yeah. It's like just because somebody's terrible doesn't mean you can't enjoy their like. Once art is out of an artist's hands, it's kind of it's kind of left up to audience well, it's interpretation. Not, it's not theirs and, anymore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It it belongs to the masses. Yeah, he's got red pants on. That's oh, okay. Yeah, he does. Michael Jackson is definitely wearing red pants in the thriller. Okay, well, there you go. Music video or whatever that was. I guess it was a music video. It's totally a music video. It's just a long form music video. Directed by John Landis. No one died in the making of that one either. <laughs> oh, damn. That's a sick fucking burn, bro. Fuck. Throwing shade at the Landis. It's a safe set. Ooh, damn. I don't even know how to follow that up. <laughs> Ooh, feel the sting there, audience. Damn. Mm. Explain it. I don't, I'm lost. John Landis did... Oh, what, kind of bringing this around, really, because it was making the Twilight Zone oh, movie. Oh, you're talking about the, when the guy died on the yeah, Twilight the, the, Zone? Yeah, the, the guy and the two kids with the helicopter, Like, uh, which if you go to YouTube, you can watch that, which you really shouldn't, though. I mean, there's not a lot of sea when you get crushed by a fucking helicopter. It's a giant helicopter that... Well, the blades hit him first. Mm. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not... Well, I didn't watch it. I mean, you're, just... supposed, you're supposed to download it from YouTube. You've got to keepvid.org. Oh, why would And then you download it, and you then you go that? frame by frame. Bring that in a premiere. And you go frame by frame. And then you got to make sure you have the good lube. That's and the... then you follow this viewing <laughs> up with faces of death. No, th- like, oh. then you watch us. <laughs> you can really get into it. Um, no. Anyways, John Landis, uh, Twilight Zone movie. Jordan Peele, Twilight Zone 2019. Oh, there you go. Yeah, Bringing it back there's, around. There's our connection. I like it. Totally fits. Yeah. Sure. I saw an interview with him. I'm trying to remember what he said, but something about Michael Jackson being like the godfather of something, and that's why he wanted to put him in the movie. Well, he's the king of pop, <laughs> which is why he did that Pepsi commercial. He's the godfather of the moonwalk. Yeah. I'm just bestowing that title. He went from black to white, but it doesn't matter. That's true. It doesn't. No. He was best friends with Macaulay Culkin. And some other boys. And some other boys. Oh, man. He had big-time Peter Pan syndrome. Oh, man. Finding Neverland. I haven't watched that yet. Have you? What? The movie Finding Neverland? Or Leaving Neverland. Leaving Neverland. Yeah, that's the documentary that's on HBO. Oh, there's actually uh, Finding Neverland. There's a Mark Forrester movie with Johnny Depp. Yeah. About about the guy that wrote Peter Pan. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was... Yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking about the but, Michael Jackson. Well, I know, I know the guy who wrote Alice in Wonderland the... was a pedo. How did we get on this conversation? This I don't is know. Dark man. Well, you know, this movie's kind of dark, <laughs> so that's kind of how we're getting there. Well, it's we, not we were... that. It's not that dark. There's a lot of comedy in the film. Actually, there is a lot of comedy in the movie. The mo- it's 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 a fun watch. Like it's it's two hours and one minutes long or something like that. But like it's just, it, I didn't feel like it drug at all. Like it had nice pace. No, the pacing's really yeah, good. They did a really good job, like keeping you entertained. Yeah, the editing is yeah. is really good. I like the even the flashbacks going back and forth. Sometimes that can be you know a little confusing. But man, I thought it was, it was paced perfectly. Yeah, everything that you is left to questions really by design. Again, like you know the plot points or the plot holes, I should say. I think, you know, I think you just I mean, have to I look over that. I don't know if they're plot holes. Well, they, they, just... people say they're plot holes because you can't, you, they don't explain it. Like, it's all those questions that I said. So, well, how do you, how did the tether switch back and forth? How, what, like you said, why, why, why when she left, didn't, didn't the other one follow her? Are they just well, trapped in I don't there? know like, if that's all... a plot hole. I, it, yeah. it, it doesn't make the movie fall apart. I, you know, something I did miss the first time was maybe the little hints that this is possibly supernatural. So that's what I was thinking the whole time, and that this, this, this that's what See, I was waiting thought, on. Yeah, I was 
I was way more into it when I thought the tethered were supernatural. Well, that's I what think I it still it, could be. It still could be because when I, we were just watching the trailer there, and you see the girl like climbing up the tree, and it's not because she, she, you can be as athletic as all you want to be, but you can't scale a tree like you know, like a vampire. I mean, uh, or Spider Man. The, the 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 little burn boy for some reason he's all like like a little gremlin he, he, he growls and like you know well I thought that was kind of interesting that her children would be a little different because she's not from the world it's of the because tethered. because they're you know they're they're so you would be kind of combining the, which, the soulless with the soul which is which is my my def, my reasoning for the son of the other one in 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 our world being a little weird because it's it's a half breed as well but then but the but the daughter doesn't seem to be affected so let never mind wait are you talking about the the tethered daughter no it's my real world daughter and and son because they're half breeds as well right yeah yeah they would be so that's what i'm saying so which kind of explains why the son may be a little off well but the lapita young's character she says in the movie that like she's not good at conversations right right and it's kind of shown throughout the movie that her kids aren't either. So I think that that's, I think that's what they were trying to do is like, you know, because the dad's very talkative. He's the one that's yeah. cracking wise and kind of trying to chill the mood out. You definitely the get the feel there's something wrong with the son. Like, yeah. he's special. And then, well, they drop a line in the movie too, like he has trouble focusing. But you can tell it goes past just trouble focusing. If they give that boy some Adderall, he'd be all right. He can focus. Yeah, I guess I guess he does maybe have like a little, but again, I think that goes into that like you know he's half regular person and half tethered. But so, but so is the so is the daughter though. So why why is she so grounded? Maybe because she's older and she's had more experience. Oh, so she's had she's had time to learn. Yeah, kind of like you know the mom. She's not wearing the mask like in Halloween, like the kid from Halloween. One thing I did like going you going back and watching it a second time is just that seeing the Adeline characters. Struggle in the, in the beginning of the movie, you think she's just very fearful. It's like she's uh, scared of being attacked again or uh, past trauma. She doesn't want to re-experience that. And she's right. fearful. But then when you watch it again, you're just – it's like, you, you oh. You see she, it more as a coping mechanism because you're in a different place. Yeah, and it's her past coming back to haunt her. Right. You know, she's like, oh, I don't want to go there. You know, that, that's where I did she's that like, bad thing. Like, I, I, I escaped. escaped. Yeah. Exactly, right? Yeah. yeah. I noticed there was some uh... – Interesting voice inflection she does at the beginning, especially when she's telling the her husband for the first time that the mirror girl happened. There's some voice inflections where she gets a little off. Yeah, she does. Uh, well, I guess they ramp it up at the end too, when she's like killing people. And oh yeah, she, she totally goes no- straight noises. into their language. Oh, she totally like leans into it. Yeah, she. It's it's like she's turning into one. You know, she's reverting back to her old state. I like that. Yeah, I like it too. I thought the movie did a really good job of, you know, surprising you. Watching the movie when the dad at the beginning is like, what do we got to do? I just want, and the mom goes, I want our daughter back. I, I thought then, oh, they switched. The evil girl switched with the good one. I did one. too. But then by the time, by the time the movie gets going, I completely forgot about it. Right. Like, well, once it started going and it, it they, they used it when she starts telling her husband in their bedroom, and she uses that moment to tell him, like, oh, this is why I don't want to be here. I was like, oh, okay, well, obviously, that was just a flashback to show past trauma. You know, it's, it's right. set up backstory. No, it's good. <laughs> it totally caught me off guard. I like that. Yeah, me too. It's good. It does kind of make her the ultimate bad guy in the story, though, doesn't it? 
Yeah, I mean, she's she's the one that choked out. I mean, like, you know, she's the inciting incident. If she would have never choked out, you know, her... If she had never kidnapped the other her... Yeah, then it never would have happened. I guess she's the villain. I don't know. They're, they're, or if these idiot scientists wouldn't have just left people to live down there. Right. See, like, their scientists are called. Is it like some kind of, like... Devil worshiping cult down, you know, some, some Rosemary's baby shit down in the basement. Well, I thought you said even you, it, the scientists wanted to be able to control. Well, that's what they say, but like, how would she know? There were no scientists, you know, when she got there. This is speculation from her character, and there does seem like there's placed Christian, like, just messaging throughout the entire. Like, there's a spiritual guiding force. So there's the Jeremiah, right? Jeremiah 11. Jeremiah 11, 11, 11. 11. Explain that, Jeremy. You, you, you could quote the verse. Put me on the spot. <laughs> I did it the other day, and, you, and we walked out of the theater, and I said, Jeremy, what's that verse? And you read it, and I was like, you must have just read that in the bathroom. So, something about... Uh... <laughs> I will bring disaster upon them. They will cry out to me, but I will, I will not hear their voice. Basically, we're going to rain some shit down, and I'm going. I'm going to ignore it. Well, what's what's interesting, and I don't know if he did this on purpose, but I was thinking about it today. The Book of Jeremiah is basically predicting that the nation of Israel is going to be taken over by Babylon because they're they've switched to idolatry. They're not doing what they're supposed to. So God's going to rain down some judgment, right? right. Oh, that that kind of already fits. So then. You move that, and then it happens. They get taken into Babylon. Um, in this, like, even once the the tethered come up, and the, the scene that made me think about it was, like, the... I don't remember the characters. The, uh, the two white people. Oh, I forget what their names were. The friends family? You know, the, the, well, the, one of them, the, the dad's friend. Elizabeth Moss was... Uh, her name was Kitty. Kitty, yeah. yeah. Or that's what he kept calling her, the husband. Catherine. So, yeah, them... When she's being killed, like, she doesn't reach out. Like, she doesn't start praying. She doesn't do anything, but she wants to call the police and reaches to her technology to call the police for her. She, she cr- doesn't she defend her herself. Husband. She doesn't, you know, there's no, there's immediate dependence upon the, the idol. I was wondering if that was a little bit of a symbolism he was doing. Oh, I could see that. Like, doing the whole, you know, money's the idol, being successful yeah i could that makes a lot of sense because i mean even if you think about like what happens in that scene the blocking how the family is backed in near the fireplace and they light it yeah i could yeah i can see that this is what i'm saying man like there's so many layers to this movie it's like you know like where do you stop where do you stop reading into it because everything is called back and if it's not called back it's like was it? And I just missed it. Like, another thing I, I didn't even think about until the second viewing was the kid's magic trick. The little boy Jason. Yeah. He keeps, like, flicking this little lighter thing. Yeah. But it's never paid off. No, it never pays off. Ever. And it's just kind of like, uh, is, is that, like, J- Jordan Peele's way of saying, like, eh, guys, we don't have answers for everything. <laughs> <laughs> or, well, it, it pays off in that the other kid is, is a firebug as well. And I thought it flashed that one time when he was in the closet and he has the thing, the ambulance in the door, and he finally, he gets it to flash, and the kid's like, eh, and he jumps up and knocks the ambulance out of the way. Is that the way, is that why he can get away from him right there? Uh, I can't remember, And man. he closes him in I mean, the closet. It sparks, but I'm not really, they never show you what the magic trick is supposed to do. It's to light farts. 
Yeah, I don't know if it was, uh, um, you know, I don't buy magic kit, so I don't know yeah. if it was like a, a commonplace thing they throw. If he would have held kits. that down by I've his bought, I bought one or two, and they've never had a little clicker thing. <laughs> yeah, like, it looks like a lighter, like a lighter, like yeah. striker. You know, yeah. I mean, it flashes like sparks right. at one time, and the little fire bug one with the white mask starts jumping up like ooh, and then that that allows werewolf boy to push the. <laughs> ambulance out of the way and run and lock him in the closet was his ring attached to it yes okay yeah it's a thing that's like like it's like a ring with a uh like a lighter striker on it i, I wonder d- what I don't that get, was i don't get the trick i don't know what it is yeah hmm. all right audience if you know send us an email that's the movie crew at gmail.com extra e at the end of the word crew yeah just in case you haven't heard it enough. Hashtag extra E. Hashtag double E. Extra E is better. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I, I do think there's like hinted. It's hinted at there's like a a supernatural force or like, I don't know, God or uh, some spiritual being that's guiding. Well, yeah, because, all of this because the main, oh, the, the, the uh, haggard old man that's out there with the bleeding hands, he's got the 1111 carved into his head and he's got the sign like he's. He's preaching, you know, Jeremiah eleven eleven out to the to the world, and uh, eleven jumps up a lot in the movie. I think he, it's even on the back of the um, and the clock. Yeah, and, and the uh, the uh, ambulance. Yeah, it has eleven on there. Like, there's a, a ball game where they're watching the scores eleven eleven. Well, if you think about an eleven, it's a one and a one. So that's you know, there there you go. That's us. That's that's eleven eleven is a two eleven two one. <laughs> or you could That's say four of the same thing. <laughs> Dose whatever they say and with a colon in between. Of, yeah, which is which is that whole family. One, two, three, four. But even the young daughter, like um or Adeline when she's young. Uh when she goes out and she's getting ready to go into that, that fun house of mirrors. Right before when she's eating the candy apple. Yeah. She goes out and she sees the thunderstorm. And then drops the candy apple right know, before going my, in. That hurt my heart. She never even touches that candy apple. I know. Apple. It was like, it looks so good, too. I, I kind of wondered. It's like, should she have taken a bite and yeah, had it dropped please. and it had been like the forbidden fruit? I thought that's kind of the metaphor they were going with, but it doesn't really make sense well, at the same time. They should have cut I back. took it like there's something already kind of weird about her. Should have cut back out to that guy in the trench coat and he picks it up and he's like eating the sandy <laughs> apple. <laughs> He just brushes off the sand. He's like, fuck, this is good. Like, look at this whole bottom half, man. The sand never even touched it. Man, candy apples are good. I wonder how many they used for those shots. Like, they had a whole tray of them. (laughs) (laughs) We're asking the hard-hitting questions. Jared, stop eating the fucking props. (laughs) They're good. I'm telling you, it'll look better if she's taking a bite out of one of them. Can you get a caramel one next time? I think we should have a you know a tray of different apples. You know, I mean, like, I, I, the I caramel ones are oh, the best. They are great, especially when they have the little nuts on them. Ooh, uh, like I was talking about the the the, yeah, the chunky yeah. peanut butter, exactly. Oh, man. <laughs> oh <laughs> fucking joke callback that I did not need. Oh man, nuts make everything better. Yeah. Oh, even uh, even Red's character has a has a um, the fucking nuts. God damn. Hold on a second. <laughs> Even Red's character has uh, her mission. She says is like is is ordained and given to her by God, or what she perceives. Well, yeah. Well, she well she is the Messiah. You know, she came down from above, right? That's right. And she did her she dance. Came, she came down and to save everybody. 
twisted vision of Messiah, but all right. <laughs> look, man, look, they just wanted so, to make symbolism. themselves known to the world. I mean, you just got to, you know, when you're making an omelet, you got to break some eggs, you know? Yeah. When you change the Hopefully world, you got to stab some people with scissors. Somewhere there's a room down there where, where they're like, you know, making these scissors and then making all these clothes. They and got then, the sewing machines and they're and just... One they got the descendant of the the scientists. <laughs> yeah, they're actually they're, in there. they're like interbred with the tethered, so they're not yeah. as smart as scientists, but they right. can make clothes. And then you know, every night at like three in the morning, they're going there and scrubbing all the tile and picking up all the shit, <laughs> changing everybody's clothes. When she first went down the escalator, you know, you're seeing all the rabbits on the floor. I totally, ex- right. I totally thought you were going to get the scene where like the scientist steps into frame and he's like. So this is what happened. We tried to stop him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, we did that everything is what it we looks could. Like. like the end of the Matrix, where he has to explain it all, you know. But instead, Red just <laughs> yeah, goes, yeah. You walk, you walk into the room with all the rabbits on the wall instead of all the security monitors, and you know, and he's. So, the, well, you get that badass opening credit sequence with the all the rabbits in the cages. Uh, I never realized how creepy a rabbit can look with his like weird. My wife pink is terrified eyes. of rabbits. Really, I have no idea why. Oh man, rabbits are so her, cute. Yeah, just tell her they're delicious. She is absolutely terrified of. Wow, I know not to get you a rabbit. Mm. Not a fan of Bugs Bunny, huh? Nope. Man, did you guys see all those VHS tapes? Yeah, it's pretty cool, man. In the very opening shot, yeah, very. Uh, I thought it was like Chud. unbreakable. And then they had uh, oh, they had some really cool stuff in there. Yeah, uh, I saw Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, I did see Chud. I right think stuff, I, Goonies. I think I saw Stephen King's The Stand in the bookshelf. Nice. Oh man, that's cool. I, I, I like that. A kid I, wearing a Jaws shirt. Nice little, nice little Easter. Egg. I know it's, it's in the bookshelf on Interstellar. I always wonder how they pick like what books to put on a shelf in a movie. That's probably whatever the production, production designer, designer has. decides to do. <laughs> what do we got in storage, guys? Uh, I didn't think the line in the movie uh, "We're Americans." Was pretty powerful. Yeah, I mean, I thought that whole scene was powerful. The uh, introduction with the doppelgangers, like I like the three sixty um, shot when they uh, kind of introduce everybody and they're starting to break into the house. Like, uh, oh man, that's the really nice. Dad uh, comes in, building suspense. Yeah, yeah, and like the what is it like the the tethered daughter like drops down like through a ceiling through, through or, the skylight. Yeah, yeah, you just see glass come out and she. Jumps into the door frame. I love it. Drag the dad outside through the glass. It's like all over the floor. Oh, the dad goes through hell. Yeah, he gets his ass beat. I, yeah, I, I just love like. And he has no luck. the mom. <laughs> oh. Yeah, he pulls. I like he pulls the flare gun out. It's, it's just so like anticlimactic. Yeah, like damn it. <laughs> yeah, they did set that flare gun up. <laughs> but the the boat motor thing was badass. Like, oh, that that's, was good. That's a good. That's a good kill. You know. Oh, that, yeah, I, I I did jump in that one. That and they're like, oh, the the fucking scissors, man! Like right before then, when, like when the tethered dad yeah. is like trying to like just impale his eyeball into the. Scissors. I knew that oh, would man. get you because you have a thing with eyes. Ooh, yeah, fuck, dude! I don't want sharp objects in your eyes. No, don't do that. Don't watch fire in the sky, um, or fire from that. the sky. Fire in the sky. Yeah, you yeah. don't want the alien. The alien, movie, yeah, right? where the needle goes in the eye. Yeah, yeah, dude. Robert Patrick. Yeah, fuck that. The only thing with the scissors I didn't really like was when the girl was on top of the car and she's like stabbing in and it looks really fake, like like going into the through the glass. Oh, I thought that was cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought about that too because a windshield wouldn't it wouldn't do that. Yeah, and also it just it just it it looks CG. Yeah, 
It didn't splinter right. I get it. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Even, even just the, the scissors sticking through, didn't. they don't look real. It's such a quick shot. I didn't mind. Yeah, it. I'm sorry. I'm being, I just mean being picky. No, no, no. I mean, it, that's that's a fair criticism. I understand what you're saying. You're that, not wrong. I, I, that actually, like, caught me up. Put, took me so much out of the movie for a moment. I elbowed you. Yeah, I, I think that it um, it might play better on a you know non IMAX. You know, it might not show up as much. But when the scissors are the size of a small vehicle <laughs> on the screen, <laughs> I, I, I was just running to catch up with the story at that point because you know you get the whole Elizabeth Moss's family gets their doppelganger just come in and murder them. Yeah, out of nowhere, it's like oh, there's more. Oh, and that was a great uh, music juxtaposition with the uh, the Beach Boys being played when they oh, killed with the them. Alexa, but it's um, oh, I don't remember the name they, of it. What did they call her? It, they gave it some ridiculous like. Sorry if your daughter's named this, but hooker name. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> something like Oph- Ophelia. Yeah, or, Ophelia or, or something. something like that. Or I forget what it was. Damn, it was something ridiculously fucking hookerish. <laughs> right, eat that's, those words. That's a pretty name. Yeah, I was wondering why um, the first doppelgangers like handcuffed her and then told the kids to run, and like they didn't just go straight for the kill. But the oh, other yeah. ones come in and just like, I, you just know, something out. is different. What's the difference? Yeah. Uh, see, I didn't even think about that. I just I thought it was so terrifying that they're separating everyone from the mom, and the mom is kind of like telling each member of the family goodbye that was just such a shocking traumatic thing in the film like I did not expect the movie to go there like I expected them to escape right away and then we were going to have a chase movie I was totally thrown off here but the, I, I, yeah, I was I, totally into it at that point oh yeah um, no I mean I was thrown off in a good way took me by surprise all that stuff is great I mean just going back and rewatching it again too it's, it's almost like a it's like Inception you know like you get you can look for different clues, and that man, the fi- fucking fireplace introduction scene is so fucking good, dude. Yes, it is. The camera work, the blocking, the acting. You guys think uh, Lapita's gonna be uh, up for an Oscar nod? Should be. I'd be surprised if she did, man. I saw. Uh, I was reading. I was. I was reading or listening. I can't remember anymore, but. Uh, I saw Jordan Peele said that he was asking her to to pretty much play. Clarice Starling and Hannibal Lecter in the same film. <laughs> and I got to thinking about that. I was like, yo, fuck, dude. You kind of, you kind of did. Yeah. A stuttering Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> that fucking voice. Or would that be Clarice? Ooh, I don't know. That's a really good question, man. Because who is the villain in the movie? Because Hannibal know. would be the mastermind that would switch places with Clarice. <laughs> right. And has lived quietly this silent life. Yeah, that is true. What'd you guys think of the uh, of the smile? Oh, it's bad at the very end when she's looking at her son. What do you what do you what did you guys get from that? Lots of questions. <laughs> when I first watched the scene, I was I, I thought she was remembering something, and I thought it was kind of a realization, just kind of the way it's put together. And uh, I think it's a lot to do with watching The Usual Suspects not too <laughs> too long ago, but then. Going back and watching it again, I think it's her character realizing that her son knows that she's actually a tethered. Right. No, that's what I thought when I saw it. Yeah. Is that she's like, she's acknowledging that, yeah, but what are you going to do about it? And she kind of just like lets it go away and turns away and just goes back to quote unquote being normal. Yeah, I took it as that she's completely untethered 
because her tether is dead, or her real person is dead, and she got away with it. Sweet release. (laughs) (laughs) Well, she did get away with it. Nobody knows. But her and her son. So how would her son know she was a tethered? Because he was in the... uh... He was in the locker. He was in the locker watching the whole time. Yeah. That, oh, and that's a... I think the fireplace introduction scene is great acting, but the actual death scene of the red character, the doppelganger, when she's trying to do the whistle oh, from the beginning... Oh, my God, and the, her mouth's full of blood. Yeah, dude. Dude, that's disturbing as shit. It is shit. fucking great. Yeah, it's super creepy. It's just like, Wow. Well, she didn't say anything down there that would clue the kid in. No, when she's strangling her, she does those animal noises. Ah! She starts she starts making the same tethered noise. Yeah, she she becomes one. Like how they talk to each yeah. other. And the kid was right behind her in the locker. And she starts acting all animalistic again. And then it's not until she opens the locker and it's kind of a question mark of like, is she about to kill this kid? Yeah, yeah, and then yeah, because he kind of freaks out until she says she I'm breaks. Here. She, she breaks yeah. character and com- and bring, comes back. Yeah, I liked that. I yeah, that, that was good. good. It's good. I, again, like I first see, I totally scene. took it just that the kid would think his mom went nuts and killed this other lady. Well, I mean, yeah, that definitely happened. I think that's the reading when he goes into the house and he sees um, uh, his mom like murdering. I forget. It was one of the twins. Oh, it was she's the one like that just fell down. fucking beating the shit out of her. Yeah, <laughs> it was the one that was like just like uh, through the glass coffee table. In yeah, the, in the fucking scene when they're like, "What are micro machines? What's Home Alone?" <laughs> <laughs> I guess he could be wondering, "How did Mom know out where to find me?" Oh, I didn't even think about that. Well, no, d- didn't he? Didn't he make a noise? And that's why she goes over there. No, like, to know to go into the fun house, open the secret passage, go down oh, the secret escalator. <laughs> yeah, to even get down there. That's true. There's also that. That's the more obvious, I guess, explanation. <laughs> so then that would mean the smile think of. between the two of them is him acknowledging that he knows she's a full tether, and then his smile, he knows that now why he's different is he's a half tether. Oh, he doesn't smile. He doesn't. He doesn't? No, he just puts the mask down. Yeah, he's like, covers okay. his face. That's why it's kind of like, ooh, how's he reacting to this? And That's how he becomes Michael Myers, and they're going to reboot. You know, He puts the mask on, and he doesn't ever take it off. It's like the end of Halloween 4 yeah, all over again. exactly. He starts fucking killing people. God, that was a terrible movie. So we do, we do uh, they, or them... And then uh, that'll be the next one, and it's him. No, going us, around. comma, T O O, us too. Yeah. Oh, nice. And that's uh, and so he he puts the mask on, then he's going around, and he has to kill all the all the red people. Or you just call it some more of us. More of us. Hmm. I mean, I don't know. You know, just the two of us. <laughs> you and I. <laughs> I don't know, man. You, you, you guys think they're going to do a sequel? I mean, fucking opening weekend was huge. I don't know. 70 plus million dollars, man. Was it like 71 point something? I, I forget what it was. It was so big. Well, you have a world full of tethers, or at least a nation full of tethers that need to be killed off. I don't know. I don't, it, 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 can you kill them? I mean, they're still humans. Well, yeah, you can kill them. They killed theirs. I don't know. And, and they're they, all lined up holding hands. You could mow them <laughs> motherfuckers down like no tomorrow. 
It's like the bloodiest game of Red Rover in the world. I, I, I would be interesting to see like what happens when you break the tether. Well, you, I, you did because you saw it. Because I mean, you don't really see it. Like you see, like you don't get enough time to like. I mean, like they see come, her up, come to terms with it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it happens over the course of a night. They they show up and it's the next day. So they're escaping. So the next Kitty day, she's like, and... "I slept better than I've ever slept last night." Yeah, I mean, and these people can't communicate. So, like, you know, the next movie, they're trying to like, I don't know, what do you, what do you do? <laughs> They're, they're trying to rehabilitate these uh, <laughs> dolphin speaking. He's like, fucking speak, damn it. <laughs> like, Crazy, murderous human beings. I don't know. They're like, oh, they don't have souls. Fuck them. You see them cut late. She's trying to put makeup on, cutting her face. Hands come in. Nope, I've already no, told you. No, no, I Do said it properly. No. God, will someone get the first aid kit? <laughs> No, it's a lipstick, not the scissors. Put the scissors down, the knife, no. And they go over there and like open the bunny cage in the kid's room and just start fucking gnawing on it. Like, no, 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 Put it, put it back. Oh, that's put cotton. Back. Cotton is our friend. Man, we've, we've had a lot of rabbits here in cinema lately. You guys seen The Favorite yet? No. Oh, man. There's rabbits in that, too. Also, creepy, metaphoric rabbits. What's The Favorite? Is that the one with, um, who's the actor in that? Oh, uh, I forget the uh, the lady that won Olivia Olivia Coleman. She just won Best Actress. Oh, okay. Uh, Emma yeah. Stone, Rachel Wise. Okay, cool. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I do think it's interesting that Jordan Peele took when he made Get Out. I think a lot of people misread that movie, and he had problems with it. Like I think the Golden Globes even put it like uh, in all their awards consideration, put it in the category of uh, like musical and comedy, which it clearly is not. He definitely went with more horror on this one. Like, just really, like, you guys are not going to misunderstand this movie. Like, right. There's some comedy in it. This, but... little, it's, this one's a little more accessible for a wider market. I think it's more accessible for a horror fan. Do you think it's more accessible to, like, a general audience, though? Or you think general audiences are going to get behind? I don't think, you know, I, I think you completely, you could watch this and not look into anything beyond surface level and just see the, the main story. Yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying, like... There's not there's that horror fan and then there's the general audience horror right, fan. Yeah. Like my dad. If it's on sci fi and it's kinda weird, he likes it. Right. This this can play to both. If you if you want if you don't want to do a deep dive, you you could take this for what it is and, and deal with the jump scares and and you know, the, all the creepy shit. No, that was a good movie. But if you really want to dive deep, you know, and, and, and try to look for all the metaphors and and all the symbolism and, and all that stuff, then yeah, then then that's there too. I think it's got a nice balance of it. It doesn't feel like it's pushing anything on you. It doesn't feel like over really preachy. It just uh, it is, man. It's just a, it's a solid solid movie. It's done really well. I, I I do think it is a little preachy. Is it? Yeah, but I, not I think as preachy it, as as, as uh, Get Out. It's not like as heavy handed as that. Well, I, th- I think Get Out has a specific, narrow, like, this is a problem. Right. Whereas this movie, I mean, I think it makes fun of, like, conservatives and liberals in equal See, dose. when I watched it, you guys said that as soon as we got out. I didn't, I didn't catch yeah, that I didn't at all. get that at all, either. I didn't get that out of it. Man, like, I think the whole ending shot is is just great. You know, you have this giant wall of America, you know, holding hands, right? And they're all the tethered. Like, just that imagery, just... What have we heard Donald Trump say since he's been running for president? 
you know, build a wall. You have a wall of people, and Americans are holding hands, an idea that was supported by Ronald Reagan when he was president in 1986. And then also, on top of that, though, it's like protesting, going against social injustice is exactly what, like, liberals are known for. And the meaning is kind of pointless. Like, both hands across America, that didn't fucking feed all the fucking homeless motherfuckers in the world. We right. still have that problem going on today, right? Yeah. So it's kind of like an empty gesture. I don't know. You're kind of making fun of everyone. Well, I, I don't know. You got biting political commentary, I guess, on everybody. I mean, also, you have to think about, like, the tethered below, how they're... Yeah, I, th- I still think it's more of a class. Which is interesting because in that uh, weird city that he did for uh, YouTube, there's a above the line and below the line, and there's a wall that divides them. You know, it's like a lower class, upper class type thing. Yeah, I feel way more like interesting he's, he's, he's doing, uh, doing this a lot. Upper class, lower class. The upper class lives in a world where they don't think about the lower class, but the lower class know the upper class is there Yeah, and emulate them. Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of different ways to interpret it. Yeah, but I don't. I didn't get the conservative liberal. Oh no, dude. There's there's definitely some stuff there. I mean, you have to. This is one of the first movies, kind of like that's been made and that was green lit in the Trump era. And I I think Jordan Peele is, is specifically, especially after he produced uh, Black Black's Klansman, which clearly has like uh, footage of that you know that terrible fucking massacre in. Uh, Charlottesville, like actually edited into the end of the movie. Really, the movie is really lighthearted. I think it's really dark and serious in the, like the last minute. Hmm. Guys, are we at the rating section here. I do believe we are, Brian. You're, you're laying back there. Can too. we give this one a wacky yeah. new new? Yeah, this one's a wacky new new. Nobody's gonna know what that's a reference if to. If you're from uh, Central Florida, you know what wacky new new means. This is for you, full sale. Wow, look at that call out. All right, guys, let's go around the room. Who's going first? 8.5. 8.5. That's good rating. Yeah, it's solid. I mean, this is a really solid movie. I don't think it's amazing. Uh, I think it's it's extremely watchable. It's done really well. The acting's great. I mean, by the way, me talking about it, you should be like, wow, this is a 10. But it's, I don't think it's a 10. I, I, I think it's, it's a really solid movie. I think it's a, it's a really, yeah, like, you, sh- you should see this movie if you haven't seen it yet. Tough question. What's holding it back? Hmm. <sighs> I don't know. When I left, I wasn't like, wow. I don't know. I just didn't have the, the feeling on it. Like, I, I need to watch it again. The it factor? Yeah, maybe. Um, it's not, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. It's just like, I don't know. It's it's a good movie. Maybe a 9. But I'm still going to stick with 8.5. Yeah, I think, I think I'm going to go 9. And yeah, the, I would have gone 8, 8.5. The reason I'm taking the one point off is I don't... Leaving the theater, I don't feel the message communicated as clearly as get out. And I, I know we don't compare films and that's yeah. not fair to compare them. Right. But that, I don't think every film needs to be as like laid out as that. I mean, like I like it's thought provoking. It makes you think about it and you kind of, you know, it is, it's not like the end of sideways where the door closes and you never know what happens. It just kind of ends. And at the same but, time, but like, at the, how but, much is that bringing? I haven't seen get out, but how much is that bringing to the film of, well, he made this political statement with this, so and then this, I make want another him to politi- make a yeah. political statement with this. Right. He, he, that's also he don't want to pigeon. He doesn't want to pigeonhole himself into I make you know politically charged you know social movies. Well, a Get Out was a race movie, and I think he took the race 
kind of off the table, but he didn't because did he? Did he not? He he, he, he didn't really because the the family that's being attacked that we see first is a completely African American family, and then even the dad, like his best friend, is the rich white guy on the other side of the lake, and you know like. Obviously, see, he's I, got a great boat. And I didn't see that as race, racial at all. I just saw that as like American again class structure. It's a class, but it's also like you could see the same thing between Dan Aykroyd and John. It, what's his name? Yeah, yeah. But, it, but it's a choice to make the black family a lower class than the white family. That's a specific choice, and that does say something. But, but that's also your main antagonist family is the family that you're most likely to connect with being the lower class like John what's his name John Candy yeah in the great outdoors was the not rich guy you connected to him more than his Dan Aykroyd but they didn't have to do that that class thing and they didn't have to separate them that's a choice though but I think the the message is about class I don't think it's about race I don't think you can discount that I mean, you know, it's it's a clear choice. I this could have been a fam, this could have been a white family, and then you could have made uh, the rich neighbors black, and that would have said something about progressive times. But that's not what this movie's about. This movie's about the forgotten. It's not only about class, but I mean, we have to think about slavery in this country and everything else that. I mean, you know, it could also, also it could just be simpler than that. It could be that you know Jordan Peele's making movies and he's going to put black people in them because there's not that many movies that that feature a full black cast. Well, yeah. and, and it's Kinda not what and, I was and it's not about race. It's about it's about like you know how many times do like uh, I've heard people talking about but Jared. The, I, why I didn't you make the neighbors black too? Then you know what I'm saying. You're proving my point, man. Like if you wanted to make a movie where you have like all black people, then why didn't you make the neighbors also African American? Why why are they not why are they not black? Well, see, I don't think he's saying... They're purposefully white, and they're the only white people that we get to know in the movie. That's a purposeful choice. Yeah. That's not an accident. I mean, you, I mean, maybe it is, but I think Jordan Peele's smarter than that. No, no everything's, <laughs> everything feels calculated. Yeah, it does. That's a choice. Yeah, I just feel like the main family was average American family. Yeah. I agree. But, I mean, I also like that they give them, like... They give them, you know, they... Like even when they're noticing uh, the music on, uh, you know, it's a rap song. Yeah, I like that. I like it. I got five on it, which is. I hope that doesn't like disqualify this this movie for like uh, Oscar contention in the music department. What do you mean? Because they're using like yeah, because they use samples soundtrack? of it. When she's doing yeah. the ballerina, they repurpose um, the "I Got Five on It." That dun dun dun. Yeah, but that's cool though. It is, but you know if you. If you remix songs or use samples of other songs, sometimes they disqualify you for the Oscars. Man, fuck the Oscars. I know, like, uh, Arrival got into <laughs> trouble for that because they used uh, a, some of Max Richter's score in, like, that opening and closing section. Dude, hmm. they made enough money. They don't care. Yeah, they. Yeah, I mean, everybody's making money. I would really want to see uh, Mike, Michael Abel's, like, just win an Oscar. I mean, he's, he's one of the greatest composers working right now, man. Two movies... All great. I think we're done here. I think we are, Brian. <laughs> All right, guys, you've been listening to the Movie Crew Podcast. If you want to get in touch with us, you can do so by sending us an email to themoviecrew at gmail.com. Pause right there, Brian. I've got to do a shout-out to David Hodo Oh, for sending us a really sweet email. Uh, thanks, man. We appreciate you. We do. 
We'll yeah, talk man. about movies with you anytime. Yeah, man, totally. And hey, you know what? Go see us. Let us know what you thought. Yeah. Then yeah. contact us and uh, <laughs> we'll talk about it. Contact them and they'll let me know what you said. <laughs> <laughs> so that's but, the movie crew at gmail.com. Extra E. <laughs> that's right. You guys can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Movie Crew Pod. And of course, we are on Apple Podcasts, Tuned In, Overcast, Stitcher, like just wherever you Google find Google Play podcast. Music. It's all there. Rate, review us. We certainly appreciate that. Benson, where can audience follow you, sir? At Movie Crew Pod. You just said it. No, we can follow you. Well, if they want to get any read anything, it would be better to follow Movie Crew Pod because I don't do anything. You can get him at J. Edward Benson on Twitter. That's J-A-Y Edward Benson. It's actually just J, but... Jared, where can our lovely audience follow you, sir? You can find me on Instagram at CheckTheGate and on Twitter at Jared B. Callen. And you can follow me on Twitter at Elkins Edits. And guys, tonight we're going to be playing some of the amazing score from composer Michael Abels in this movie here, Us. We're going to be playing... Uh, this movie here, Us. <laughs> we're going to be playing track one titled Anthem. And we're also going to be playing uh, track 35 titled I Got Five on It, <laughs> Tethered Mix. Nice. Enjoy. Yeah. 
Thank mm-hmm. you.